BBC World Service. Haunted Tales of the Supernatural. This week, Eric Deacon and Christopher Neem star in Keeping His Promise by Algernon Blackwood, dramatised for radio by Patricia Mays. you old chap? Uh, yes, of course. When's your next tutorial? In about 15 minutes. Oh, I've got half an hour. How are the studies going? Behind, as usual. As a fourth-year man, you should be keeping well ahead. Yes, I'll keep being told, Henry. Believe me, it's not for the lack of trying. I've, uh, I've nearly got word blindness. I've been reading so much. Oh, God. This lunch is pretty foul, isn't it? Is it? You are eating, I suppose. You look pretty gaunt. Food doesn't interest me at present. You can't study on an empty stomach, old boy. Well, I thought an empty stomach helped to make the intellect keener. Rot! You need a break. I, I've been invited to a party tonight. What about it? Don't tempt me. Be a chance for you to meet people. You hardly know anyone at the university. You know, I think I'm about the only friend you've got. I haven't the time to socialise. Believe me, Henry, I I'm finding it very difficult. My mind seems reluctant to absorb all the information. Why is it so easy for some? You mean me? No, no, not you specifically. You don't know how lucky you are to have such a retentive memory. I, I read a page, I think I've got it, only to find by tomorrow morning it's gone, utterly and totally. Yes, well, uh, uh, maybe you're trying too hard. Well, like it to, happens sometimes. Yes, I'd like to think that, but I'd be living in a fool's paradise. If I can help in any way, old chap. Yes, thanks, Henry, you're, uh, you're very kind. My dear chap, you're so silly, only too willing to help. Mind you, those tiny rooms you have in Findlay Street, they can't be very conducive to serious study. It's maybe not, but uh, I can't afford anything else. Mm. So you really won't join me tonight? Have some fun. No, afraid not. I've got an awful lot of swatting to do until the early hours. All I want is peace and quiet. <laughs> Judging from that part of Edinburgh, that's all you will get. Yes, uh, look, I, uh, I must go now. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. Uh, I guess. Well, goodbye, Jack, old man. Damn! Not all the papers on the floor. Uh, where was I? Uh, skull. Right. And here we are. Now, Jack, try and keep awake. And concentrate. Concentrate. Why don't they supply silent clocks for undergraduates? Go on. Nine, ten, eleven, 
Right. Right, I'll try again. The human skull. Oh, no! Oh, who's that at this time of night? I'm oh, not green, surely not green. Not after what I told him. He wouldn't do a thing like that. Oh, I suppose I'd better answer it. I mean, this, this is too much. The fellow knows I'm reading from an exam. Hello? Who's there? Must be around the bend in the staircase, and yet there's... The steps seem to be right here, beside me. <laughs> Jack, you are talking yourself into a nightmare. Someone is playing a joke which, frankly, I don't find in the least bit funny. Right. Right, I'll close the... Someone is there. Hello? Who's there? Damn the light in this hallway. Did you want me? Did you know just now? Who are you? Come near the light and I Field? Ambrose Field? I recognized you, old man. You, you look so... so white and thin. Are you ill, man? Come inside, quick. You, you look absolutely worn out. Come and sit down, please. You, you've quite taken me by surprise. When was the last time we met? What do you mean, Ambrose? You can't come. I've told you, I've got to stay in. Oh. What have you done now? I was rude to Proctor. You are an ass. Why don't you control that temper of yours? The man's an idiot. He doesn't like you. You'll be expelled if you keep on behaving like this. I don't care. You should care. What do your parents say? I don't care about them either. You're just being silly and irresponsible. You do what you like, Jack, and I'll do what I like. You'll never get to university. You'll have no future. You sound just like my father. But he's right. I want to lead my own life. I'm not answering to fools like old Proctor. He may be old, but he's no fool. Look, Jack, I know you're my closest friend and all that, but I'm sick to death of people telling me what to do all the time. How long is it, Ambrose, since we're at school together? Five? Six years? Look, old man, is something wrong? What's happened? Lady Field? Yes, officer. Uh, is this young man your son? Oh, where oh, did you find him? Uh, near the river, my lady. <sighs> Lying in the gutter. Oh, He's no, dead drunk, my lady. What? Come along, sir. Come along. In you come, that's right. <laughs> uh, I could see the way he was dressed and everything, that he was from a decent home. That's uh, right, sir. Oh, no, oh thank no, you, no, officer. No, I'm no, deeply no, indebted no, to you. Are they going to be... Well, uh, is he likely to be charged with any, anything? No, I don't think so. Not this time. But I would urge you to try and exercise a little more control over him. Yes. He could get into some serious trouble one day, especially in that area. Yes, uh, of course. I don't want to... 
You've got a while yeah. down there, I can tell you. Uh, Lord Field is out at the moment. Uh, uh, no doubt he will deal with him strongly uh, when what? he returns. Good. A young gentleman like that needs a father's hand. Ambrose? Ambrose, do you want to tell me about it? I mean, I heard things, of course. I say, Jack, Ambrose Field's a friend of yours, isn't he? Yeah. Father owns half of Pimlico. I believe so, yes. Why? In prison. What? Heard the details from a friend. Caught in one of those opium dens. Up to the most appalling things. Drugs, women, prostitution. Quite dreadful. God knows how his father's going to keep this quiet. How awful. Do you know the family well? I was at school with Ambrose before he was expelled. But my sister, Emily, and Ambrose's sister are very close. I haven't seen Ambrose in... Must be a year or so. Why, you look exhausted, Ambrose. You just uh, eat some supper and relax. We'll soon have you looking better. Get some of that food down here. After we've eaten, then uh, we'll have a chat, eh? Must be much to talk about. Ah, I just remembered. I've, uh, I've got a bottle of whiskey somewhere. What an ass I am. I never touch it myself when I'm working, but, uh, well, this is a special occasion, isn't it? Hello, father. Come in. Come in. So you're here, my son, my heir. You disgrace me, Ambrose. And you dishonor my name. Well, what are you talking about? Look at yourself. I'm... Sorry, Father, I, I don't know. Damn you, look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. You're me. Can't you see what stares back at you? My God, if I had the courage, I'd tell you. I've had a little too much to drink, that's all. Too much to drink, my God. As, as a young man, you must have got it in, in some scrapes now and again. Ambrose, do you realise how much misery you have brought into this house? Your mother is downstairs now, crying. She's crying because of you, because of your appalling behaviour, because of the shame you've brought onto this family. The police pick you up out of gutters. They, they, they drag you from your whores. They worm you out of the disgusting squalor of the opium dens. You are the talk of London. And because you are my son, so am I. I have lots of friends, Father. We enjoy ourselves. You don't understand a word I'm talking about, do you? Father... What's all this leading to? What are you intending to do? Do? <laughs> I'm going to do nothing, my boy. It's you who has something to do. I want you to pack your clothes and what possessions you have, and I want you to leave this house. You take nothing other than your personal possessions, and I never, ever want to see you again. Father, Father, please. I have agonized over this decision, but, Ambrose, but, but now that I have made it, it is irrevocable. What? And don't believe for one moment that your friends or your mother will make me change my mind. I dare say you will find some kind of roof to sleep or lust under, but it will not be as my son. No, don't you, please, please. You don't do have this. one hour, and you will not see your mother before you leave. I shall be with her in the drawing room, and I shall lock the door. I don't want to know of your existence ever again. Does, does, does mother know what you intend to no. do? No. She will only know about it when it has happened. One hour, Ambrose. Please, father, you can't do this. An hour? Please. I've nowhere to go. My home is here. Your home was here, but no longer. I have done everything I could to help you, but I cannot take the shame and disgrace you bring upon us any longer. <coughs> One hour. <coughs> Ambrose. <coughs>
You old bastard. <laughs> Dear God, what can I do? Where can I go? I know. I know the answer. Father, you needn't think you can get rid of me so easily. You'll never be able to forget me. Never. Drink that, old man. That'll help you regain your strength and senses. Then you must tell me how you found me. I'm swatting to be a doctor for my sins. I sometimes think your carefree attitude towards your future might have been for the best when I consider what I'm suffering at the moment. Why, your coat's all dry and dusty. I thought it was raining outside. Ambrose? Ambrose? You've fallen asleep. Look, uh, I shall be here for the rest of the night reading for this exam. You're more than welcome to my bed. Tomorrow, we'll have a late breakfast and, uh, well, we'll see what can be done. Make plans, eh? Come on, let me help you into the bedroom. Yeah, that's it. Come along, old friend. You need to rest in a nice, soft, warm bed. Let's make a vow, Ambrose. A vow to what? To eternal friendship. That uh, whatever happens to us, we will always be the greatest of friends, each to help the other if he's in trouble. All right. Good. <laughs> what are you doing with that knife, Jack? For the vow to be properly taken requires the letting and joining of our blood. Only this way will our friendship last until death. What do you say, Ambrose? Very well, Jack. I'm willing. <sighs> I wonder how long he'd been waiting out there on the stairs. He really does look quite ill. He eats as if he hadn't seen food for a week. Listen to his breathing. I can hear him in here. Oh, he's in a deep, deep sleep. <sighs> I too can hardly keep awake and I must try. <clears throat> I must try. Dealing with a fracture, it is important to keep the limb immobile. Hmm. Strange, my arm. Oh, pins and needles. Need to stretch, I expect. Now, where was I? Ah! Oh, that pain again. Oh, I must have been leaning on it awkwardly. Better go and see how Ambrose is faring. Still asleep. From the looks of him, he hasn't moved an inch. The poor fellow, he must have been exhausted. Ah! Oh! Is that pain again? Ow! 
must have been sitting in a draft or something. Ambrose, what would you like for breakfast? Ambrose? Ambrose? In the bathroom? Ambrose, old man, where are you? Ambrose? Where in God's name is he? Ambrose, come on, old man, don't play the fool. Where are you? You're hiding behind the door. Well, the bedroom's empty, yet... Peeled? Is that you? Where are you, man? Stop playing this damn stupid game. Oh. Started again. God, it hurts. Field, this has gone far enough. Where are you? Damn it, man, what are you trying to do? You under the bed or what? Oh, God, my arm. It's almost unbearable. He must be in here. Field, field. To read too much, sleep too little, have hallucinations, that's a medical fact, that's what it is. T total exhaustion, it wasn't field, it was exhausted, it was, it was me. My senses were shaken, reason was disturbed. Yes, field was, a, was no more than a hallucination, that's it. And that, my arm, it, it still hurts, that's real enough, the, the impression of the body on the bed, that was real too, but, but no. He didn't utter a word. Ambrose did not utter a word. No. It's incredible. It's absurd. If it's an hallucination, why? Why can I hear him breathe? Why? I've got to get out. No. Perhaps... Uh, a walk across Hollywood will clear the air, bring sanity back again. Hello, Marriott. I was getting worried. Henry, what are you doing here? 
I thought I'd drop in, compare notes, and catch breakfast from you. Where, where have you been, old I've, boy? I've, uh, I've been walking across Holyrood. This early? I, uh, had a, a bad headache. The walk helped. Ah, read hard all night, then? Yes, yeah. Um, I didn't know you had any friends who drank, Marriott. I didn't know I had either. What are you getting at? In the bedroom, old boy. Sounds as if some chap is sleeping it off in there, doesn't it? And you can hear it, too. Oh, thank God. Well, of course I can hear it. I, I, I'm sorry if I wasn't meant to... No, I, I didn't mean that. Oh, I'm relieved. If you hear it, too, then it's all right. But really, it, it frightened me more than I can tell you. I thought I was going to have a brain fever or something. And you know how much depends on this exam. It, it always begins with sounds or visions or some beastly hallucinations. And Jack, I thought it was... Jack, what in heaven's name are you talking Listen about? Listen to me, Henry, and I'll tell you what I mean. Only please, please don't interrupt. Last night, at about 11 o'clock, still hear the breathing, don't you? Yes. Well, then you come with me, and we'll search the room together, and you'll see if what I say isn't true. Uh, just a minute, Jack. Um, I, well, I, I've been in there already, when I heard the sounds and thought it was you. What? I wouldn't hang it all. Someone must be there. Someone is in there. But where? Now, come on, come into the room. Come on, Heather. Uh, no, Jack, don't ask me. I, I've been in once. There's nothing there. You know what I've been through all night, why I've been tramping across Holyrood for the last two hours. <sighs> the only thing that ought to have a proper, logical explanation is the pain in my arm. It, it hurts infernally and aches all the way up. I can't remember bruising it or anything. Uh, let me examine it for you. I'm awfully good at bones, in spite of the examiner's opinion to the contrary. All right. Roll up your shirt sleeve. You're going to have a brusque bedside man on a seat. My God, I'm bleeding. Not much, but there's blood all the same. Look, I can't near the wrist. Well, you, you've scratched yourself without knowing it. There's no sign of a bruise. It must be something else that makes the arm ache. What's the matter, Jack? I see nothing strange about a scratch. It was your cufflink, probably, last night in your excitement. But, Jack, my, my dear fellow, what's the matter? Do you see that red mark? I mean, underneath what you call the scratch. Uh, let me see. Yeah? Well, yes, I see it. It looks like an old scar. It is an old scar. Now it all comes back to me. What? Marriott, what's the matter Shh, with you? Be quiet. Quiet, and I'll tell you. Field made that scar. Did you hear me? Field made that scar. Field? What, you mean last no, night? No, not last night. Years ago, at, at school, with my knife. And I made a similar scar on his arm. We exchanged drops of blood in each other's cuts. He put a drop of blood into my arm, and I put one into his. In the name of heaven, what for? It was a boy's compact. We, we made a secret pledge, a bargain, a vow of friendship. Now, we, we swore to appear to one another. I mean, whoever died first swore to show himself to the other, and we sealed the compact with each other's blood. 
I remember it all so well. A hot summer afternoon in my room seven years ago, where one of the masters caught us and confiscated the knife. I've never thought of it. Again, to this day. And, and you mean that, dear God? You know what this means, don't you? Well, there's no good being upset about it. I, I mean, well, if it's all a hallucination, we know what to do. And if it isn't, well, we know what to think, don't we? No, I... Yeah, I, I suppose so, but it frightens me terribly. That poor devil. After all, if the worst is true, uh, and that chap has kept his promise... Well, he has. And that's all, isn't it? Yes. Yes. There's only one thing that occurs to me, and that is this. Are you quite sure that he really ate like that? I mean that he actually ate anything at all. What? Can you check? What? I put the things away myself after we'd finished. Uh, they're on the third shelf in that cupboard. No one's touched them since. Ah, just as I thought. It was partly hallucination at any rate. The things haven't been touched. Come and see for yourself. There's the loaf, the plate of stale scones, the oat cake, all untouched. But even the glass of whiskey, there it is. The whiskey's still in it. You were feeding no one. Field ate and drank nothing. He was not here at all. But the breathing. I heard it. You heard it. In there, now. Where are you going? Just a moment. There's only one thing to do. Write home and find out about him. And meanwhile, come and finish your reading in my rooms. I've got an extra bed. Henry! Hmm? Look, look, I've, uh, I've had a reply from my sister. Ah, what does she say? Uh, um, that's just family stuff. Here we are. It is curious that in your letter you should have inquired about Ambrose Field. It seems a terrible thing, but only a short while ago... Lord Field's patience at Ambrose's behaviour was exhausted, and he turned him out of the house, they say, without a penny. Well, what do you think? He has killed himself. Good Lord. At least it, it, it looks like suicide. Instead of leaving the house, he went down and hid in the cellar and simply starved himself to death. They found the body on the 14th, and the doctor said he'd died about 12 hours before. He was dreadfully thin. And he died on the 13th. The very night he came to see you. That was Keeping His Promise by Algernon Blackwood, with Eric Deacon as Marriott and Christopher Neem as Ambrose Field. David Griffin was Green, Peter Tottenham, Lord Field, and Nerissa Knight's Lady Field. Other parts were played by Nigel Graham. Technical presentation was by Prue Menmuir. This was a BBC World Service drama production directed by Derek Hardinot.